We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Yep, and to think, I used to be a liberal too. These children are influenced to believe that they may be the wrong gender. People are finally getting it because the mass media has not been reporting on this accurately. It's only through conservative-leaning and Christian outlets that are actually telling the truth about the body. The books today that you're talking about, they're just much more militant, and they're targeting even younger children. Because I know that lots of people have had it up to here. They have had it up to here with this agenda, with the targeting of their children. Our past silence as the church in America has reaped these horrific consequences that we're living through now. Yep, and to think, I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things, all things, all things are still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news, articles, and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to read, don't forget to listen to our four-minute daily commentaries right here, Monday through Friday on the word Columbus at 1020 a.m. And also be sure to check out all our resources about the culture's influence on your kids, our faith, and our freedom. And you can learn more right on our website, admissionamerica.com. Probably most of you have heard about the mayor of Hudson, Ohio, who was rightfully outraged over material being taught at the local high school. And also you've probably, many of you seen the viral videos of moms objecting to the obscene content of books their children were exposed to at school. Well, our guest today has a lot of expertise in this area. You will probably remember Debbie DeGroff, who's been on our show before in the recent past, who's been talking about the disturbing presentations of obscenity, vulgarity, and many other dark and disturbing themes that publishers of books for children and teens today seem to favor. So Debbie DeGroff has spent 30 years researching books for youth after taking an interest when her children were small. Her curiosity turned to concern when she examined the content and also when she began to look at the actions of libraries and publishers. So she's now considered a leading authority on this subject. Her book is called Between the Covers, What's Inside a Children's Book, and she has a website at whatsinsidechildrensbooks.com. So welcome back to Mission America Radio, Debbie. 
thank you, Linda. It's always a pleasure to be on with you. You're so upbeat. Well, that's <laughs> a dark subject. Well, yeah, it's a hard subject, and you are very upbeat too. Uh, the things that you delve into, I. I'm always amazed at um, that you can be so cheerful and you have a great sense of humor also. Um, There has been a new focus on school board meetings. And I've been, I mean, since the beginning of the year, it's been exploding. And I've spent 25 years trying to encourage people to go to school board meetings. So I'm feeling like, wow, the Lord is really moving and getting people concerned and involved, and some of it involves book content. So let's start with the recent situation involving a book called Lawn Boy. And so please describe, as you have researched it, what happened with Lawn Boy. Well, uh, the first that I heard of it was a Texas mom actually read the four different, from four different parts of the book where they dealt with that same issue, which I don't know how much we want to do on the radio, so I won't be reading the excerpts. But um, at the end, she had said, who would would want to normalize, you know, books like this? A pedophile, okay? Uh And so another lady addressed this in Virginia, and, I mean, she did a wonderful job, but she didn't understand that it wasn't about pedophilia, okay, because the protagonist was reflecting back 12 years when he and the other guy that's also an adult now was not was a child. But nonetheless, it doesn't, it doesn't change the quote. And, you know, they tried to shut her down, shut her mic down and, and you know, bless her heart, you know, she, she stood her ground. So that, that was great. But you're right, people were speaking up, and it seems like it is more but I can tell you that in the past, very few moms, ever, moms and dads or grandparents did speak up. There was only a handful of people. I can remember speaking on education issues, and they would wait till everybody, everybody that had came to watch the meeting had left except for the press and, and the board office, and they would keep you right to the very, very end. The yes. other thing was we did not have smartphones. And so it would die a quick death. Nobody knew. You could come in and you could say exactly what was in a book, but it wasn't going to go anywhere. So now we have, you know, people with all the technology they have and everything is going viral. And, you know, you have people in a tizzy when they're actually doing what I always wanted people to do. Look between the covers. Yes, absolutely. And so the the issue was that these Moms read excerpts at the school board meetings, and of course, the school board people are probably they are definitely taken by surprise. And yes. these things are are too X rated to be even read in a school board meeting, and you couldn't even print out copies of much of the material in some of these books uh, and hand it out on the sidewalk without being being arrested for a distribution of obscenity to children. And yet, it's right there in the school library. Uh, what is the motivation for publishers now? Uh, you've done a lot of research on the Library Association, the American Library Association, and the, the library industry and publishers. So tell us, let's start with the publishers. What is their motivation? Well, I think it's the indoctrination. You know, um, you know, 
I call it grooming. I mean, the sex part of the books, which seems to be the only thing that's concerning, you know, to parents now, the, the sex or the profanity, but those are just the enticements for the children. See, once you entice them into the book, they develop, as I always say, that affinity with the protagonist. Then the indoctrination sets in, and your child's worldview is shifted. So I really think that they're just enticements. And and also, I would like to bring out, you know, um, the school boards are acting, I, I'm sure you're going to bring it up, with, you know, them contacting the Department of Justice, you know, so we can bring in the FBI for these mm-hmm. parents. The message that they're sending out is you don't have a right to be concerned as a parent. Those mm-hmm. children are our concern, you know, and you sit down and shut up and let us take care of the kids or we'll take them away. Exactly. And, well, you know, the de- this is the scary thing. Yeah, the the Democratic candidate for the governor of Virginia, uh, Terry McAuliffe, just said that yeah. he doesn't think parents should be telling schools yeah. what to te- teach. I mean, is this a valid position? I mean, what what is the history behind uh, schools in this country? Well, we can't get into all that, but the history behind parental control of of the schools. Well, it was always assumed that the parents had control, but once it became the compulsory education years ago without going into that, you know, um, actually we lost our rights years and years and decades ago, but parents have always been, it's always been accepted. You know, up until a few years ago, you were considered a concerned parent and a concerned parent was a virtue. Exactly. And that's and what we've seen, Debbie, and I know you'll agree with this, is that schools, you know, you can understand to some extent why they are more involved in other many things like social, emotional learning and so on, uh, because some parents are abdicating their involvement. So all of a sudden now here we're taking it back. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, surprise on the part of the schools. Right. Well, they don't know. You know, I always say the school boards, it's great, okay? I mean, it's great to have a school board, but basically you're picking the color of the carpet. They don't know what is even in the curriculum, you know, the textbook, or now that everything's on the computer, let alone what is in the library. And honestly, how would you know what was the content of the books in the library? The question is... Why are the publishers doing this? Why are we not going after the publishers? You know, obscenity is not protected, especially for children. Exactly. And I have wondered if it's a profit motive. I think it it is to some extent, although some of these books, um, they're, you know, you've got a copy and a couple copies in your libraries. And then so that the volume you're right. It's got to be something other than the volume of sales. It's a, it's there's an ideology yes. with these publishers, and then parents have not been uh, been uh, diligent about oversight, and so they've gotten away with this for years. For the last twenty years, it's become increasingly explicit and X-rated, and many other as you said, indoctrination issues that people, if they read the book, they would go, what? This is, this is nonsense. Um, so then, then, of course, then we have the American Library Association. Tell, tell us about their involvement in 
promoting and protecting through banned books week and all that, uh, the whole distribution of this obscenity to children. Okay, well, let, let, let's start with Longboy that we were talking about. This was not a book ever written for children. This was an adult book that the American Library Association slapped an Alex Award label on it. I believe it was 2019. I might have the date wrong. But anyway, they gave it an Alex Award, and that makes it uh, something that children 12 to 18 will appreciate. Mm. Okay. okay, so I doubt it would have seen the light of day. I mean, not that they don't have adult books in school libraries, but this is how it became more commonplace is because they gave it that Alex Award. And I also want to say that that book was mild compared to many, 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 many children's books, the ones that are actually published for children. Yeah, you, you noticed that, uh, noted that on your on your website. By the way, people should go to your website. Um, it's what's inside children's book books.com. And uh, you have a blog there. You write articles and the articles are, are wonderful as well as your book. People should order your book. But, um, but yeah, you've written a lot about um, a lot about these issues. So tell us, let's just go back the, though a second banned books week. We only have a couple minutes before okay. we're going to have a break here to describe how, what a manipulative strategy, the idea of, of the banned books week is by the American library association. Well, basically you complain about a book that would have died a quick death on its own because it's not like most of these are very well written. Okay, but as soon as you complain about it, it's considered a challenged or a banned book, and you end up on every display across the nation at every library, and they'll have displays, you know, read a banned book or whatever. You have whole lists of banned books, and kids decide, okay, that's my go-to list. That's even woven into the the storyline in book after book after book. So the kids gravitate towards those. But but a lot of times when they are trying to sway people like us, they'll show books that, quite honestly, you would never object to. And uh, I don't know how much time we have, but in our local library a couple of years ago, they had the mayor come and sit in the window to read a banned book, and he was going to read a Dr. Seuss one. But they were all checked out, so he just picked up another one and read it. And in our local newspaper, you had a picture of him reading a book that wasn't even banned. Oh, gee. And nobody corrected it. Right. Yeah, they're they're making victims out of these books, and they become martyr mm-hmm. mar- symbols of martyrdom. But uh, the the books themselves, the kinds of, in, in, certainly in recent years, the material in these books, which you have lots and lots of. Well, your book is full of all kinds of information about literature and the reading levels of of our kids, but you have lots of information about some of the more recent books. It is horrible. It's horrifying. And, uh, you know, it goes from explicit homosexual and heterosexual sex. Lawn Boy had explicit homosexual sex among two fourth grade boys. And then you've got drugs, you've got parental issues, you've got prostitution in yeah. among teens. You have laid all this out in a, an incredibly uh, uh, tasteful and thorough and very professional way. And I urge people to go to your website, what's inside children's books.com. And we're talking with Debbie DeGroff. 
by the way, folks, if you're just listening uh, and tuning into our program, who is an expert, and she's written a wonderful book called Between the Covers, What's Inside a Children's Book. So uh, go to visit her website, order her book, but also uh, tune back in here. We will return, discuss more about the book banning issue and obscenity in so many of our books when we return here on Mission America Radio. We will come back shortly after this, the break, and um, stay tuned. This is Linda Harvey. Don't go away. Today's program is pre-recorded. To learn more, log on to MissionAmerica.com. Now, here's Linda. Talking today about obscenity in children's books and agendas of all kinds, things that you would never uh, imagine would be inside children's books. And our guest is Debbie DeGroff, who has a book called Between the Covers, What's Inside a Children's Book, and a great blog and website at what's inside childrensbooks.com. And Debbie, you know, we talked about this recent controversy over Lawn Boy, and you made the the um, very important point that it's an adult book, but because the American Library Association gave it a youth award or a youth-oriented award, it shows up in school libraries. And it's gross and outrageous about homosexual sex and very explicit. But it's not at all rare. This is very common. I, 10 years ago, I sat and, and read a whole stack of books, and I was throwing things by the end of the book. This, mm-hmm. It's total trash, total yeah. and complete trash your children are being exposed to. What is the motivation for this? I mean, what is it to get reluctant readers to read? You, you said enticement. Just give us a little more information about what you think is going on there. Well, they entice, but it's been such a process. Okay, think about what has happened as a result. You have to look at the end result. We don't have, our families are destroyed. You, you have a majority of people that want socialism and or full-blown communism. They hate America. They hate capitalism. You know, you look at everything that has changed in America, and it happens somehow. Now, it's not just books, of course. I never pretend that. You know, you have curriculum. Yeah. You have, you know, you. I mean, all kinds of things, music, uh, games, everything. Um, but they are deliberately changing the kids. It had to happen gradually. And so, you know, the first thing, you, I mean, dads are idiots in books. They've been idiots for decades in books. And then think right. about how that uh, was depicted in TV shows and in sitcoms. You know, so right. dad's always the goofy dummy. And, and then it was every book had to reflect your life. Uh, so if you were a transgender, we had to have books about transgenders. But then that wasn't good enough. You could only have an authentic voice. So if you were writing about a transgender, you had to be a transgender. You know, and if you were writing a book about a one-legged transgender, then you have to be a one-legged <laughs> transgender. I mean, that's just, that's just how it goes. And so, so that everybody can identify, so that they can find some, some authentic voice that they can identify with, or you're never going to survive, you know, to adulthood. Adulthood, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, um, Leo um, Homan, 
he had written an article about they're coming for their chil- for your children in May. And, and I want to read his quote. He said, if they manage to survive these attacks on their personhood, children are not likely to make it to their 18th birthday without completely losing their ability to think for themselves. Schools use your tax dollars and a heaping dose of critical race theory to indoctrinate children to hate their country, hate their history, and if they're Caucasian, to hate themselves. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I just think that's very fitting for, for right now because yeah. that is exactly what had happened. But it had yeah. to happen slowly, and it did. Well, and I have been watching this for 20 years, and I'll tell you, I I was really um, a um, – one of one of the people there were quite a few of us but who objected to the harry potter series because mm-hmm. of what i saw it wasn't it, the witchcraft and all that was awful i mean yeah that was mm-hmm. in there but uh, it was a, a public relations tract for neo-pagan religions and it, it, a dumbing down of of any um uh, valid assessment of that and also it was uh, a slam against christianity and traditional values there was there's been a whole generation now that are now young adults who were raised on Harry Potter. I right. think that had a an enormous impact because of the books were so unique and different and so outrageous in some ways, but also cleverly written. So there that's just one example. I'm going to move on here, though. What about parents showing up at board meetings now, as you were mentioning earlier? Now we have Merrick Garland, the U.S. Attorney General, who's told the FBI that they should investigate parents that get too rowdy at these meetings, apparently, or in any bona fide threats, which, of course, could be handled by the local police departments. But no, we got to get the FBI involved. The really interesting thing, Debbie, the latest news, you may have heard this, is that Merrick Garland's uh, daughter is married to a guy who has an investment in a company called Panorama that sells social emotional learning, which is tied into how they're pitching uh, critical race theory in schools and, and getting it inserted into the curriculum. What are we going to do if we are all now terrorists? What What did you say, Debbie? Well, I think everybody should pull their kids out. I mean, why, if this was your philosophy, all of these books, which would make you shudder if I could sit here and just rip off what's in these books, and that was your belief system and your perspective that that was great, why would I turn my children over to you? That's number one. Number two, the social-emotional learning actually had a lot of backlash until COVID, and they used that. You know, you never let an opportunity go to waste. They use that to say, oh, the kids have such fear, which they created, okay, mm-hmm. and you know, such trauma over all of this and how the, how the couple of years have gone that now we have to implement all this social-emotional learning to save their life. We have the answer. Mm-hmm. And so exactly. that's what they're doing. And so now you don't even have anybody, well, I mean, you do, you know, on our side, but you don't have a lot of people objecting to the social-emotional learning because they believe with all their heart that that, too, will save their little kitties. Right. And it's, it's psychological manipulation. Social-emotional yes. learning is the, mm-hmm. is the platform through which all these uh, special interest uh, left-wing agendas are being sold to children as psychology for the quote-unquote whole child. Debbie, quickly, give us your website and, and tell, tell us about your book quickly, uh, 30 seconds. 
Okay. The website is whatsinsidechildrensbooks.com, uh, no apostrophes or anything. And the book is where I just try to show the different aspects of children's literature that you might not have, have uh, been aware of before so that parents can make wiser decisions about their children's reading. I'm no one's guru. I don't make good lists and bad lists and tell you which ones you can read and which, you, which ones you can't. I just want the parents to be involved, to know what's actually in a book. And yes. sometimes there's a, there's a pretty good book, but there might be something that is totally opposed to your worldview in there. Um, and you need to know and, it. Yep. Yes, give you a good yep. opportunity to talk to your children about it. Okay, it's Between the Covers, What's Inside a Children's Book. Thank you. God bless you, Debbie. And we will have you back on Mission America again soon. Parents, if your children are in the public schools, make sure you are reading, checking out everything they're reading. Keep on top of this and let's keep going and be, be very, very determined. Because with God, as you know, all things are still possible. Have a great day.